0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: I want to begin by sharing something personal about me, and that is most of the time, and listen carefully, didn't say all the time, but most of the time, I know what God expects for me. And you say, that's wonderful. Well, not in its entirety why just because we know what God wants from us doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to carry it out and many times when I encounter the Word of God you know what the Word of God especially his commandments teach me how unrighteous I am in and of myself that there is a rebellious nature in me and I believe in all all of humanity and it reminds me and hopefully each of us of our need for a Savior we understand that in and of ourselves we could never do anything that would justify us meaning that would demonstrate that we are righteous and do not need the mercy and the forgiveness of God in our life through his only begotten son, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Luke and chapter 10. The book of Luke and chapter 10. Now, we're going to see one of the most famous parables that Yeshua taught. It's normally referred to as the parable of the good Samaritan. Now, realize that the Samaritans were not, uh, for the most part, serious about the Word of God. In fact, they replaced many things with what the Word of God commanded them with their own desires. And they had malice for Jerusalem, Judah, and the people there. In other words, in the natural, they were very unrighteous and not committed to the Word of God and the worship of God as His Word Outlines and commands. But just because the majority of the Samaritans were not committed to God, not obedient to God, that doesn't mean that all were that way. And we are going to see one man who was an exception to the norm. And that's hopefully what you and I become an exception. Most of the people in this world are not committed to the word of God. They do not take seriously God's instructions to humanity. And we go about our way, just that, in our way. We make the decisions and, many times, people want God to bless what they want. That is not faith. Faith is when we submit, and hear that word very carefully, when we submit to the truth of god well look with me to that scripture luke's gospel chapter 10 let's begin with verse 25 where it says and behold a certain lawyer now that word for lawyer literally is the word law and one who and the meaning is an expert in the law And when we speak of the law, we're not talking about civil law from a secular point of view, but we're talking about nomos, which is the Greek word for the Torah, for the law of God. So there was a certain one who was an expert in the commandments of God, the law of Moses. And notice what happens. And behold, a certain expert in the law stood up And why did he stand up? It tells us, testing him. Who is that? him? Yeshua. So this one wanted to test Yeshua to see if indeed that he was obedient to God's revelation, if he understood the truth of Scripture. And he was saying, this one said to Yeshua, Teacher, what, and all Bibles will say, What must I do or what shall I do to inherit? That is a word of taking possession of eternal life. Now, the word eternal is an adjective that describes the kingdom in the Bible. So when it says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's talking about kingdom life. That would involve entering into the kingdom, but also being transformed by the kingdom reality, whereby you behave according to the kingdom character. Now, what's interesting is this. That word for what will I do, what must I do, in the Greek, it's actually in the past. Why? Sometimes in the Greek language, tense is not wrapped up into time, but A different perspective and that past tense what's known as the aorist in Greek can refer to something in its entirety in a whole or complete manner and that's what he's saying this one is very ambitious we'll see that in a moment and he wants to know what he must do in order that he inherits all completely in its entirety the kingdom life And what does Messiah say in response to him look at the next verse verse 26 but this is a word of contrast see the reason why this this preposition is used is because in this case this particle actually is showing a disagreement why he says what must I do it's not about what I do It's about what we receive from him and what he has done in our behalf. So we begin with that particle that is a a change of contrast where it says, but he said to him, in the law, what has been written? How do you read? Now notice, he takes him to the law. Does that mean that Yeshua thinks that the law is an instrument for salvation? No, he does not. Nowhere in the scripture does a law outline for us the means, the method of which we become redeemed by God. It is not an instrument of redemption. It is not a vessel that produces righteousness in us. In fact, if we listen to what the apostle Paul says about the Torah, about the law, as we study it, and we should, it's scripture we should learn and take seriously all of god's revelation do not teach as some false teachers do that we need to unhitch our faith from the law of god that is heresy what does paul say paul doesn't teach that this is what paul says paul says that the law is used to drive us to faith why Well, if we believe that we can keep the law, we are deceived. In fact, what Paul teaches is the law makes me conscious of my sinfulness. It makes me aware of how unrighteous I am and how much I need a Savior. So the law brings conviction. It makes us conscious of our sinfulness, our unrighteousness to lead us to faith in the redeemer what he has done for us so this is why messiah is asking him how do you read the law what does it say to you and notice what happens he answers well look if you would to verse 27 but uh, he answering he said love the lord your god from your whole heart and from your whole soul and from all of your might and from all of your mind. Now, four things are mentioned, why? Because it's teaching us what humanity is commanded by God to do and that is to love fully. And that implies bringing our heart, our soul, our mind and our strength under the submissiveness of the will of god and let me tell you something that does not happen naturally that does not come about simply because we work hard that we do something it only comes through redemption and therefore notice the response of messiah after he said that he also said love your neighbor this is that that expert in the law he also says love your neighbor as yourself so these things love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself why did he put in that second commandment very simply the way that we demonstrate our love for God is to love others And therefore, this one, and notice what Messiah says. Look now to verse 20, 28, where he says, But he said to him, correctly, this is the word orthos, meaning straight, or an orthodox, a proper. So he said to him, orthodox, or correctly, you have answered. This do and notice what he says you shall live you see the change now the Torah teaches us how we should live but are we able to in our natural state we are not and therefore this one should have fallen under conviction this one from the law should understand his unrighteousness but he doesn't it's all about him what must I do and he says here further on notice what uh, it says in verse 29 but this one him wanting to justify himself that is so important in my Bible I highlighted that this tells us what his real objective is he wants to justify himself that word justify is the same word in Greek for making oneself righteous He doesn't want to depend upon a savior, a redeemer. He wants to do it himself. And he doesn't realize when he encounters the law, he doesn't realize that he is unable to, that he is thoroughly unrighteous. He cannot fulfill the righteous standards of God. That's why Messiah went to the cross on Passover to do it for us, to take that punishment. We're all guilty to take that punishment upon himself and to impute to us his righteousness so that we could be acceptable to god by faith in him not by works so this one wanting to justify himself he said to yeshua and who is my neighbor now remember what he was doing was testing him and now he still has that same desire most of the commentators see this as an example of him this uh uh, expert in the law wanting to put himself over yeshua so he keeps testing wanting to justify himself he says who is my neighbor look now to verse 30. this is where this parable begins and notice what yeshua says but yeshua and we have a very important word. Now, most translations will just say answering or responding, but it's a unique word. It's a word to take something and then the word under. So like to take something under advisement, meaning Yeshua understands this situation. He has taken under advisement exactly this one's perspective and his objective what he wants to do in justifying himself and he's going to teach a, a parable that should expose all of us as unrighteous he says a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among the robbers and what did these robbers do these also stripped him, meaning they, they left him naked. They took all that he had, When it says stripped, not just removed clothes, but took everything. And they placed upon him wounds, and they went away leaving this one to be half dead. So they, they beat him. They took everything. They left him to be, we could say, at the point of death this is what is taking place this is what has happened and notice what the scripture says as we move on to verse 31 according to an event meaning something happened now we know what happened to this one who was going down from jerusalem to jericho but it's speaking about another event and this event involves a certain priest and what was he doing coming down on that way. So he also, he wasn't going up to Jerusalem to serve. He wasn't needing to worry about his his state, his spiritual condition from a ceremonial standpoint. He was leaving Jerusalem on that same way down. So there's no religious obligation. I would say that religious obligation would not release him from what he should be doing. But he's on that same way, and notice what it says. And seeing him, this is a word of perception, a word of understanding. He sees him, and what does he do? Well, he passes by on the other side. What does that mean? He ignored this one who was at the point of death. Having nothing, everything was taken from him, he was in great need of assistance and this priest who is supposed to be a mediator between god and man he does nothing look now at verse 32 but likewise also a levite happening according to that way he came and seen so another event took place it happened similar now we're dealing with a levite also a servant of god like a priestess from that same tribe that is set apart for the will of god and what happens similarly this one also seeing also being aware what does it say that that he did it tells us that this levite coming to the place and seeing, passed on the other side verse 33. Now we're going to see something that is surprising. It says, But a certain Samaritan traveling, he came unto him. And seeing him, notice he came on that same way, he had the identical experience as the priest and the Levite on that same way. But what does it say? He saw him. And he responded differently notice what it says and i'm looking at the end of verse 33 where it says he was moved with compassion literally what that says is this his stomach it's his inner being in the pit of his stomach he was moved he had compassion he was moved by a desire to minister and this is what God would expect from us now does it come in the natural it does not it comes through faith in God through an obedience to the instructions of God and that doesn't happen naturally that is an outcome of what that is an outcome of Redemption it is because one has experienced the grace of god that he is going to be moved with compassion to act and behave and to demonstrate his love for god loving him with all his heart soul mind and strength loving him and displaying that love as he taught to one's neighbor look now to verse 34 and coming before, meaning coming before this one, this situation, what did he do? He bound, meaning he he took those wounds, his wounds, and he bound them up. Now, this is he treated him. He got involved. Now, notice something. When you go back up to verse, verse 30, it says that they set upon him wounds. But here, it's a different word for wounds. And it's emphasized here. See, the first word for wound that we experience and read in verse 30, it appears 22 times in the New Testament. But this second word for wound that we see in verse 34, it appears only one time. And it speaks about a wound that is severe. He looked at his situation and he knew something had to be done. He was moved to get involved. So it says, and coming before, he bound his wounds and he poured oil and wine. And he set him, meaning this one who was injured, he set him, this Samaritan, upon his own beast, meaning his own animal, and led him into the end, a place of lodging. And he, and the next word is, he ministered, he took care of him. Verse 35. And on the next day, he was going away. He apparently... Had to leave, but he didn't leave that commitment. What did he do? He cast two denarius, meaning he gave two denarius to the innkeeper and said to him, You take care of him, and whatever you spend, whatever the expenses are, I upon the return, my return, I will pay you. So, what is he doing? He is making a commitment. He leaves him there. He pays. And this is two full days of wages. Now, remember, numbers in the Bible are important. And I've shared many times that the number two speaks of a dichotomy. Let me say it differently. It speaks of two different and contrasting opinions. And here we see the Samaritan. What does he do? He has a very different perspective. He lives very differently. When he sees one in need, he correctly responds according to the will of God. He ministers to him. He expends resources, putting him in that that lodging place, that inn, and giving to the innkeeper finances, two full days of wages in order that the innkeeper would make sure this one is cared for. And he says, and whatever else you happen to expand upon an expense, whatever other expenses you have, upon my return, I will pay you. No limitations. Why? He is thoroughly committed he is demonstrating the love of god he is showing how one who is under the authority of god behaves now ask yourself a question when there's a need do you tend to uh look for an exit to go on the other side to move away to ignore or are you quick to get involved look now to verse verse 36 Therefore Messiah says something. Therefore who of these three do you suppose was a neighbor? The one to the one who fell upon or before the robbers. So a very simple question. Yeshua simply gives this parable and says, Whom do you suppose it's a word of thinking it's a word of consideration who do you think proved to be a neighbor remember that was the question who is my neighbor which one of these three the priest the levite or the samaritan proved to be a neighbor to the one who fell upon or fell among the robbers verse 37 our last verse And he said, the one who did to or with him mercy. Now, that word mercy can also relate to grace or a a loving kindness. And what it says here in the principle it's teaching is this. When we are recipients of the love of God, how do we receive the love of God? Through faith in Messiah we become that new creation whereby we become a redeemed servant of god whereby god will give to us the resources in order to serve him and therefore yeshua says which one of these three prove to be in your opinion what it seems to you to be a neighbor to him and he correctly says the one who did mercy made mercy unto him and therefore Yeshua said to him this this expert in the law go and you do likewise what are we supposed to do what is the message here a very simple one we're called to demonstrate and behave in a way that manifests God's love And how do we do that? Well, as we do to the least of our brethren, those who are in need. Now, this ministry, this love, this action and behavior does not cause us to inherit internal life, but it demonstrates that we are recipients of that kingdom life, that we have been saved by grace, that we have been forgiven, that we have experienced The mercy of god god's grace god's forgiveness that we have understood our need for god to be compassionate upon us and we've received that compassion and now through that change his love coming into us we now love others we don't think about how much is this going to cost me how is this going to inconvenience me This is an opportunity to demonstrate your love for your Savior. And therefore, always be quick, always see a sense of urgency to respond to those who are in need of love. Loving them by helping them in whatever situation they're in. Being willing to get into your pocket, to bring forth some of your finances to bless others. This is how we demonstrate our salvation. This is how we demonstrate our love for God. Pray to the God that He might open your eyes for these opportunities to love Him. Well, will close with that. Until next time, shalom.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org.